Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and you guys? That's right. It's Fan Friday, and we are talking to you guys. Alex, what do we get into on this edition of our Locker Room Fan Fridays? Yeah, had a, a bunch of people come through. We had to do the locker room a little later this week than we usually do, but had a bunch of people come through with some great topics. Of course, all off-season based. We start off responding to some messages in the chat about draft draft prospects that we like, various guys like that. Then we take our, our first uh, person up on stage who uh, asked us about some draft, some free agency, some trades. Kind of got into some some different topics there, including a potential Brandon Ingram trade. Interesting one that we broke down there. So that's all coming up in this first part of our Locker Room Fan Friday episode. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Um, hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Locked On Knicks Weekly Locker Room. Uh, I see that we're bumping so far. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll fill up. Um, yeah, uh, do you have anything you want to talk about to start us off, Gavin? Anything in particular? Or- yeah, I was, I was going to go through some of these some of these chat thoughts. I mean, the first one was uh, from DJ. He wanted to know if we could potentially package picks and knocks to move up to get Josh Gideon. I was just kind of uh, internally debating if, uh, if Kevin Knox really is like, like, does he have defined positive value in any way at this point? I think there, there are teams where like he would be considered a slight asset as, as sort of a throwing in one of these trades. Obviously the primary thing he'd be giving up is, is two picks, but I don't know. I still, I need to I need to probably do a deeper dive on Josh Giddy, but my, my my take has been and will continue to be tall playmakers who are insanely productive in professional leagues as teenagers. Those are guys you typically you really want to take a chance on. So I would be in, and I think he I think he represents sort of a type of player that the Knicks don't really currently have on their roster. But Alex, I'll I'll throw that to you. I mean, I think I've I've come out pretty strong in supporting Giddy and, you know, potentially going and getting him. Um, I know that like, I was, uh, so I was talking to some of the Strickland people today, or, or I should say not really talking, but listen, listening, watching, you know, whatever you want to call it when other people are typing about stuff, they were talking about Giddy and um, uh, Nick's draft. Who's uh, on Twitter at Nick's draft. You should check out. Uh, had pointed out like, cause someone had asked uh, like, what's, what is it with Giddy? Like, it seems like his skills are really good, but you know, he's not super high in the draft. Like what's his realistic comp here. And, um, Nick's draft had said, uh, had said like tall Ricky Rubio. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you, if you can get tall Ricky Rubio, you know, in the, in the, at that point in the drafts, you know, someone who can maybe even just be a backup 
at least at first, um, you know, can pass really well, can rebound the ball, can, um, you know, maybe in theory shoot. Like I think his, I think his free throw percentage is pretty good, which bodes well for, you know, being able to build a a three point shot eventually. So if you can get a guy like that, you know, that can handle the ball and and dish it properly and, you know, try hard on defense and stuff like that. I I think that's a, a, a guy that I would definitely like to get now. I know, you know, another guy that, that we um, have had on the show a number of times, Prez, has said to me before, like, because I brought up uh, Giddy a, a couple weeks ago about, like, oh, that's a guy I'd probably try to move up for. I think he could maybe contribute next year. Prez seems to think he's he's a little too raw to contribute, like, right away. So maybe that's the case. Uh, maybe he wouldn't get a ton of playing time next year. But I just think with that skill set, like, those are NBA skills that, you know, the the passing especially, I mean, we saw that with LaMelo Ball. Like, you know, even if he wasn't as surprisingly good of a shooter as he was this year, you know, that level of passing translates to the NBA immediately and makes you an asset. Um, and then the rebounding, you know, for being so tall, he wouldn't necessarily have to be out there as your quote-unquote point guard. You know, you could kind of put him in varied lineups where he could potentially, you know, maybe guard twos or threes. And, you know, have other guys out there that can guard like the other team's point guard, maybe like a quickly, who you don't necessarily want handling the ball every single time down the floor. Like, I think a giddy and quickly combo at the sort of like one, two, and then like giddy quickly Barrett at like the one, two, three, however you want to structure that is a pretty appealing combo going forward because giddy then in theory is your, your main ball handler. And even if he's not like the shooter of the bunch, We've seen RJ and quickly can, you know, certainly hit some spot up shots when need be. So I think that he could be a pretty good fit in that regard. Um, So to get back to the initial question of if Knox is like a needle mover at all to move up to go get him. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like the Knicks would probably be more likely to get a deal for like, like, I I guess it's kind of sad, but like, I almost think that that 32nd pick almost definitely has more value than Knox at this point. And I almost question if some team would almost want that uh, that 58th pick or whatever, the Sixers pick, and instead of Knox, just for the versatility of it and because it's a mystery box instead of, you know, a, a guy going into the last year of his rookie deal who you already know who he is. He's going to be making not an insignificant amount of money. It's not it's not breaking the bank or anything, but Knox makes like, I think like 7 or $8 million in the final year of his rookie deal. Um so, you know, there's there's a few factors at play there where I just I don't know how much he would move the needle unless it's certain teams. And other teams might look at him still and say, you know, he shot like well over 40 percent for the first however many games this year for the Knicks, you know, and then it just seemed like his confidence kind of waned. And then, you know, once he reached once the Knicks reached a certain point, they just couldn't really deal with having a guy out there that that wasn't producing in his spot. And that's why he kind of lost his minutes. Um, so maybe some team looks at him and says, well, we have a better infrastructure. We have more patience. Maybe it's a team like, like the thunder or something, you know, they love, uh, making deals and hoarding picks and stuff. So maybe the thunder trade back at two extra picks for whatever reason. I don't know what their motivation would be with like a million picks coming in the next number of years, but I, I struggle to fully comprehend what Presti's doing anyway. So maybe that's something he'd be into, but I think, I think there's probably some, some potential matches out there. Um, maybe even like the Warriors or something like that. If the Warriors think they'd be better off, you know, trading back 
adding Knox, who's a three-point shooter, and say, let's give him a shot. We'll draft two players. This saves us from having to try to sign a bunch of veterans in free agency or whatever, you know, can kind of reload the youth on the team, maybe get some contributors at that 19 and 21 spot. So maybe that's a team that would be interested. There, there's probably a team out there that, that would maybe be interested in the Knox aspect of it, but um, I'm not 100% what that, that team would be. Um, but I, I think we could probably move to our to a, another question, too, from Omar. Um, early thoughts on what to do with the draft and favorite prospects going in. I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of wrap my brain around that right now because um, there's a just a lot of really good options. It does seem like the one guy that we've talked about a lot that a lot of a lot of people in these locker rooms have brought up, Sharif Cooper, maybe could be available there. Um, I've seen some mocks that have James Booknight making it to the Knicks. I mean, I love Booknight. I would I, I, I think he's kind of polarizing because he's. He's like a scorer, you know, it seems like he's, he's like a, mostly a pure scorer and that's most of what he brings to the table. But I mean, he does a lot of things that some players on the Knicks struggle with, which is like, he could sauce guys up on the perimeter, get to the line or, you know, get to the, get to the bucket and then end up getting to the line. He finishes through contact like a madman. I mean, I watched like, I watched a number of highlight films of him and the amount of contact he takes and then, uh, you know, finishes through it and, and just looks totally unscathed is kind of crazy for a guy who's built kind of slight. Like he's not, he's not built like a tank, like RJ or something. Um, so yeah, I, he's a guy I would definitely look at. Um, all right, we're going to take our first break, but first we have to award our Michelob ultra player of the week. And it's gotten a little different now. This is our first time that we've had to award one of these without the Knicks being in season. Of course, that's sad. Uh, we would love to be able to, to give some in-season, postseason awards right now, but the Knicks have been knocked out. So we're going to take these segments to highlight some, some good players from the whole season. And of course, we have to start with Julius Randle. Julius played with so much joy and happiness the whole year. He took so much enjoyment out of turning his career around in a huge way. Of course, he ended the season with 24.1 points per game, 10.2 rebounds, and 6 assists. That put him in super elite company with the MVP of the league this year, Nikola Jokic, and Larry Bird as the only guys to have ever put up those averages over a whole season while also shooting 40% from three-point range. And Randall, of course, was awarded with the Most Improved Player Award for the NBA this year, which was very, very well-earned. And that's kind of like how it's it's well-earned for Michelob Ultra to be called the best light beer out there because it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you can do a lot of enjoying with Michelob Ultra. And Julius Randle, maybe now that he's on his off-season plan, you know, I, I he mentioned during his one uh, his one article or something this year that, that he had kind of kicked alcohol as a, as a means to be more healthy during the offseason stuff maybe he'll treat himself to a Michelob Ultra with that low amount of calories because joy creates success and you can definitely have some joy and Julius Randle had joy this whole year and it, it really it, it brings you to the mantra enjoyment isn't the end game it's the whole game that was definitely true for Julius Randle this year that is why he is our Michelob Ultra player of the week 
and quite frankly, probably player of the year. We'll highlight a few other guys, but nobody else but Julius Randle deserves this award for the whole year. And today's episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with myself, other fans, Gavin, athletes, insiders, in real time about your favorite team or sport. We're hosting Locked On Knicks Locker Rooms once a week, uh, typically Thursdays at 5.30. We did a little later this week, and of course, this episode you're listening to was recorded on Locker Room. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day, just like everybody else did in this episode. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Again, be sure to join us every week, Thursday at 5.30 p.m., especially with the offseason. That can be super consistent. And if if there's ever a a change in time, we'll be sure to let everybody know the day of. But typically, Thursdays, 5.30 p.m., is where you can find Locked On Knicks. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS and Android devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Alex Wolf, Gavin at Gavin Shaw, and you'll be notified when our rooms go live. I know you won't want to miss it. Again, we go live every week, 5.30 on Thursdays, to talk with you all on Locker Room. We can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts. On the Knicks, we will see you there next week. And, of course, you can finish listening to everybody's thoughts this week in the rest of this episode. Locker Room Changing the Way We Talk Sports. And today, on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, back to our locker room discussion really not good before that so that sort of cost him and then he winds up if I remember correctly not even getting drafted or going down to like the 50s and now he's like not in the league anymore so we do see those happen sometimes but I mean there was chatter that like Boston might have been you know given K to run for his money sort of similar to like the like Brandon Ingram uh Ben Simmons debate where it was never really a debate but like people for fun would be like well, you know, Brandon Ingram, I, I think maybe could be better than Ben Simmons. So like, you know, in the right situation, maybe I'll take him number one. That was sort of the, the discussions you were hearing about Boston versus uh, Kate Cunningham in the preseason. But obviously that didn't come to fruition. But I would bet on pedigree with him, too, <clears throat> and bet on that Kenny Payne connection, who probably helped recruit him to Kentucky. And, you know, just hope that he can have a good effect on him and, and Johnny Bryan as well getting him in some NBA structure and maybe he's just kind of more built for the pro game. I don't know. And, and maybe he just needs to get in a strength and conditioning program too, and work on his form a little bit to get his jumper. Right. But I think the skills are probably there. So he's a guy I'd definitely take a shot on um, at risk of going, getting too into the weeds on some of these other ones. Uh, uh, Usman Garuba from Real Madrid. I, I'll admit I haven't watched a ton of, but I just keep hearing from people that I trust that, follow the draft closely that he's legit and um it's going to be sort of like a a four or five combo uh that can defend really well and can rebound really well and it's just kind of like a really good big body with a lot of skill so i'm into that 
Um, and there was like one other name. Oh, um, the last one that, or the last two, I guess that kind of stand out to me is if they slip a little bit into that, like late lottery range, I would love Moses Moody or Corey Kispert. Um, I don't know for sure that either of them will, but Kispert lights out shooter, you know, played for Gonzaga. So, you know, they, he has that pedigree there of making it to the national championship game. And then same with uh, Moody, I I think has been sort of an interesting case. Like he played, he played on like the most stacked high school team of all time that had Cade Cunningham and someone else on that team. I forget who else it was and him uh, at Montverde. And he was like the third option in high school, which is insane. And then went to Arkansas this year and was like, basically the first option and actually did really well scoring the ball and stuff. So I think he's a really versatile player that I would definitely be interested in. So, wow, go figure. I said I wasn't even that into the draft stuff yet. And, uh, and here I am going on for like 10 minutes about it, but I guess that's a good sign for coming, uh, (laughs) coming forward here, but we have another, another, unless we don't have any speaker requests, right? I was going to say, we we have two. Oh, um, sweet. All right. Well, let's just yeah. hop into that then. And then we could get yeah. into the chat questions. Oh, now again. we only have one. Uh, someone left. But we we still have David. Thanks for waiting, David. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Not bad. Yeah. Good, man. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I missed the uh, the uh, the last uh, pod. Uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, put my thoughts out about this season. And uh, I kind of figured, like – even though like we lost in five games, I still feel good about this team. Um, if they bring it back, maybe almost everyone, I think we'll be okay. Ish. I'm not saying we shouldn't prove like we, we Alfred is like in no way I want him back, but I'm saying if we have Burks and Bullock and Noel back, I don't think it will be that bad. But um, my question to you guys, as far as like the trade market, who do you think we can possibly get? Uh, Who do you think would be a surprise as far as uh, someone we wouldn't expect to be traded that might be available? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to link this back to a question we just got from, uh, uh, Alex, sorry if I butcher your last name, but Alex Bermejo. Um, and he said, what do y'all think about a Kemba or a KP reunion? I think tips can make either work. Uh, I'm not I'm not going the KP direction. I don't see that happening. But the Kemba one is, is like lightly fascinating to me. I mean, you usually don't see undersized point guards in their early 30s who are like clearly like starting to pile up injuries all of a sudden bounce back and kind of return to their own form. But the, the only reason I... I kind of have faith with Kemba just because he really wasn't injury prone before Boston and it could just be a little bit fluky. And if the Celtics are willing to float you a first round pick to take him on, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've been begging for in the Knicks for the longest time, a point guard that again, health pending, which he hasn't really been healthy for the better part of two years, a guy that constantly can get a foot in the paint can drain threes at a high rate. Um, probably going to continue to get worse defensively as he ages, but not a total, total liability on that end of the floor. I don't know. Um, I think it's contingent on the Knicks looking over his medicals and saying, all right, all these things were isolated incidents rather than like, um, an ongoing structural issue or a result of just 
aggregate wear and tear after he basically like carried the Charlotte franchise on his back for the first 10 years of his career. I mean, all the things he did at UConn, this is, this is a guy with a lot of miles on him, but has a skill set that the Knicks desperately need. And when you take into account that they just haven't been able to find that guy in point guard for a really long time, I think he'd be worth taking a chance on again, especially if the Celtics are giving you like a top, like a lottery protected first with him, which I, I think would be the asking price unless he's traded for a similar albatross contract. Um, to me, I, I think I think he makes the Knicks better from day one, and he really sort of cements their point guard rotation. Obviously, defensively, not really what you want if you see IQ playing a big role next year and those two having to play together just from a physical perspective, but with Mitch inside and like a lot of size on the wings, um, I don't I don't think it would kill you. But Alex, who's who's sort of the first name that comes to your mind? Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me. Ouch, that hurts. Uh, just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, in my case, pick up basketball, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. I was lucky enough on my birthday, my girlfriend, very nice of her, got one for me, and um, she's used it quite a bit too. But it is amazing, Alex, especially now as I start to get back into playing pickup basketball regularly, as I start to get back into going to the gym regularly, it is really making a day-to-day difference. I use it on like usually like my legs and like my thighs um, like feel like exceptionally sore like after like a leg day or in, in the case of what I had the other day, uh, playing basketball after a leg day. Oh my God, that was awful. And the Theragun legitimately made me feel a lot better. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. And this episode is also brought to you by one of our favorites, Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and then outro, three, two, one. All right, guys, that is it for this episode of Locked On Knicks. I know I'm disappointed too, but fear not, we will be back tomorrow with part two of this locker room conversation. Uh, it's all about the draft. So we go deep on some of our favorite prospects whether we think the Knicks will ultimately trade both their picks and whether the Knicks should trade both their picks to move up in the draft, in addition to a bunch of specific guys we like and are interested in. All that and more tomorrow on Locked on Knicks. In the meantime, while you're waiting for that, 
want to remind you to listen to Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Sometimes including us. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and we will be back tomorrow to talk. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Kemba, too, although I'm also, I mean, I don't know, I might be getting a little too hoardy with the cap space and just waiting for that perfect move, but it does scare me a little bit committing to him and and having to have him on the books for like two years just for the price of like a Celtics first round pick that is probably going to be roughly the same value as the pick they got from Dallas this year, which like, don't get me wrong. That's not, it's not nothing, but it's also not the best. I mean, I would probably want the pick to be pretty far out so it could be used in a trade package uh, later on down the road. And I guess Kemba is an expiring contract, which I think, I think he only has one more year after this coming year. So he's got like two more years left on the contract. Um, You know, in his expiring year, you could probably, send him out for the exact same price or lower to some other team that had cap space and, you know, needs him. And maybe you, maybe you can rehabilitate him a little bit, but I also worry a little bit with him with his body breaking down playing under Tibbs. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe he could get some tips from Derek Rose on how to, you know, use those, uh, that elaborate stretching routine that Rose does to kind of prolong his career maybe, but, um, it would uh, it would worry me some. It seems like Kemba is really breaking down fast, and uh, Tibbs and load management don't really mix as we've seen. Um, I think I think a situation to keep an eye on would probably be Indiana, although it's kind of hard to get a read on them. Just I, it sounds like they just fired uh, Bjorken because they want to contend, and they thought that he wasn't going to be able to do that. So. My thoughts of them maybe trading Brogdon maybe are, are not going to happen now because I don't think they're going to blow it up. But maybe, I mean, maybe for the right thing, they would still trade Brogdon. That's a guy I would love to get. I know we've talked about him on these locker rooms before, so I'm not going to, like, go on about him forever. Um, I was just looking at someone. Oh, uh, I still think Charlotte is kind of a weird situation, too. I mean, even though it kind of worked out this year, if they have any plans of keeping Malik Monk, um, I feel like one of... Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham has to go. And it would probably be Devontae Graham, but maybe they part with Rozier. And if they're willing to part with Rozier for a reasonable price, which is kind of wild that I'm saying this because I, I was a big Rozier trasher back in the uh, the days of like the Julius Randle for Terry Rozier rumors. I was like, oh, like it's so funny to think about like we were talking about that, like, oh, you're like trading one turd for another turd. Like they both are terrible. Um, but now, I mean, I would love to have both of them on the same team if I could. I think Rozier has turned into a really good, efficient scorer, uh, a good, like, combo guard that can kind of play on-ball or off-ball and and provide some really good scoring and plays pretty good defense and stuff like that. So that's a guy I would definitely be interested in if he becomes available for whatever reason. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I keep seeing Sexton's name thrown out there. I'm not really in love with trying to go after him. But I guess if you could get him for a reasonable price on a rookie contract for one more year, maybe try it. But there is all those, all the things out there saying that like literally like other teams even joke about the fact that he never passes to his teammates. But I wonder how much of that is just that he's like, I mean, he's a uh, say whatever you want about him, but he's a ridiculously competitive dude. So I kind of wonder if he just 
has always thought that he has to put it all on his shoulders since the Cavs have been terrible for so long. Certainly for the whole time he's been there. Um, so that's a guy I would maybe look at. Um, trying to think who else. I mean, specifically in trades, I, I don't know how many guys I think are like super likely to be available. Um, maybe McCollum. But I again, I don't know what sort of deal would be available there because it's, it, you know, the, the Blazers are in this situation where they're going to be looking somehow for an upgrade on McCollum if they're trading him because they're trying to appease Lillard to keep him around and make the team more competitive. So I don't know who the Knicks could really offer in that regard. Cause you're, you're not trying to move like Randall, for example, because that's kind of counterproductive. If you're getting in another star this off season or trying to get someone, you know, a high level player, let's just say not even like a, a bona fide star, you're trying to maybe move some of the younger guys on the team or some of these draft picks coming up in this draft and not like your established players because you're trying to build a better winning team and not just kind of make like a lateral move. So it, for that reason, there's not a ton of like really obvious trade partners until I feel like we get closer to the draft and closer to free agency and see what teams are serious about blowing it up this year. Um, can, and, can I throw something out quickly, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a little bit of a stretch, but I wonder if there's a world where no New Orleans would kind of covertly shop Brandon Ingram. It just felt like things between him and Giannis weren't really working out there. And Ingram, I mean, maybe this wouldn't be you solved. Mean Zion? No, um, no, Brandon Ingram. Oh, yeah, between him and Zion. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said Giannis. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. you're, oh, I mean, you're probably yeah. watching the game right now like me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they'd be working out with Giannis the way, the way that's going with this free throw shooting. But, um <laughs> Yeah, between him and him and Zion. Um, and I kind of could see them trying to make a move around chemistry. And who better for chemistry than R.J. Barrett? I, I think the Knicks, I, maybe maybe that's the kind of trade that both sides are like. Like New Orleans is like, nah, Ingram's better. And the Knicks are like, nah, R.J. means too much to the culture of the team. And we, we just kind of want to see what he becomes. Um, but it may be R.J. plus some picks. Um, maybe what's the palette for New Orleans? I don't know. I think I think it would have to be more, and I think New Orleans would ask for quickly or something in there, and then at that point, the Knicks would probably shut it down. But I'm wondering if they're already just just because like this scenario was was laid out with Luca and and kind of immediately shot down because Luca said, "No, nah, I'm going to take the 200 million." But we saw it with KP where he was threatening like with the Knicks to be the first guy to ever turn down the rookie extension. If Zion doesn't win in New Orleans in his first four years, just because of the market size and the fact that not not that they're like in a horrible position by any means, like we, we all really like Kyra Lewis. I, I still like Josh Hart and like some of the other young guys on their team. Um, but if it's just not working out there and it's, again, one of the smallest markets in the NBA, is there a world where he's like we, we all we all saw the video of him kind of getting that big smile when he was talking about MSG. And and maybe this is a weird way to go about it. They're saying, all right, we're going to keep him away from the Knicks by trading a better player to the Knicks. But maybe there's a world where they're like, all right, we just got to get ahead of this, really make him happy, and, and get him someone who theoretically fits better, only in that he doesn't need the ball as much. The issue is obviously, like, if Zion's ever going to win big, like, you, you do need that other, like, 
massive perimeter secondary star. If I were New Orleans, I would hold on to those two and just just sort of figure out the best way for it to work. But I, I don't know. My feeling was down the stretch, like maybe just because neither of them play defense, it didn't really feel like a great fit, even if they're both really, really good players. So I wonder if that would sort of be like a covert way the Knicks could go. But I'll, I'll leave it to either of you guys to respond to that. Well, I'll just say real quick, like you got to consider, too, that Zion and RJ are like real life best friends. So yeah, that, was, that, was that goes point. a long way yeah. in the NBA today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so maybe even the Pelicans could be swayed by that just to be like to not ask for as much from the Knicks if that sort of thing is on the table. Now, of course, that would kind of sting a little bit. And the other question that you have to ask yourself is, I mean, RJ is other than maybe quickly probably the most valuable contract on the Knicks right now because he's only going to be making like I think a little over 10 million by the time of his final year of his contract. Uh, or maybe like <clears throat> eleven or so, but his his contract for now is like seven eight million dollars I think for next year. So you're, you're trading out like your best low cost asset for another max player that's locked in for a number of years. So that's something that has to be considered there with the cap math too. That maybe would work in the Knicks' favor as far as not having to give up much extra. But then if you're the Knicks, you have to ask yourself like, is that is Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle plus maybe like one other piece going to be enough to elevate you to a new level in the East where everything is so top heavy right now? Or would you be better served just kind of holding on to RJ for now, seeing if maybe you can make that splash like next summer? Cause he has two more years left on his rookie contract. Um, maybe see if you can make that splash next summer, build a, you know, a slightly better core than Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. But I, I'm not totally against it. I mean, I think, Ingram's obviously super, super talented um, and w- would definitely be a guy that would make the Knicks better at, like, without a doubt. I mean, he's a complete three-level scorer. And, you know, to your point, he hasn't he's, he hasn't really proved himself to be a great defensive player to this point in his career, but maybe pair him with Tibbs, get him in a good defensive system, and you can at least make him, you know, passable. Um, and, and, you know, if he can be like, same level of defender that say like Burks was this year, then that's more than enough to make him an overwhelming positive. I think um, with all of his skills on the offensive end. And then there's, there's just the fit concerns with Randall too. Like does, are there some of the same problems with him and Randall that there are with him and Zion? I don't necessarily know if that's the case. Cause I think that Randall operates on different points of the floor than Zion does. So I don't think things would be quite as cramped. With those two, because Randall can just as easily go out, you know, let like Ingram ISO or whatever, and Randall can just pop out to the three point line and shoot threes all day. But um, yeah, I'll stop rambling, David. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you have any other guys that you were thinking of? I'm curious. Uh, uh, since you had asked the question, usually that means you have at least someone on your mind. Uh, no, no one other than Brogdon, but um, a free agent that I think we should watch out for well a potential free agent is Bradley Beal whatever he if he doesn't extend uh I think it's after the season right his contract is over I think he's already uh, I think he extended for two more years um cuz he he just signed like a mini extension this past off season if I remember correctly so I I think he maybe has an option here after next year or something right uh, I'm not. 100%. Yeah, guys. Yeah, he's he's unrestricted in 2023. Okay, yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah, so, so two more seasons, basically. 
Yeah, my 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 uh, thinking is if Washington has another poor season, well, they didn't really have a postseason this season. Um, let's say things fall apart for them and they they don't draft correctly, which is like very slim. I honestly think he'll he'll put his foot down and uh, demand a trade. Um, so I think his that situation is probably what the Knicks are watching out for because we do need like like somewhat of a, a shooting guard or wing, and uh, if unless the Knicks draft someone or they sign someone, I think that that spot is like being reserved for him. What do you guys think? Sorry, David. Can you repeat? Who, who did you say will demand a trade? Uh, Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean he's he's just really good. He's there, there's there's no question that you you could watch him in that Philly series. You could watch him even even going back like three or four years ago. He was a guy who I, I feel like he's sort of gotten lost in the shuffle just because those Wizards teams are always so bad. And not 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 in terms of like the national discourse, obviously, because he's he's been like sort of the quote unquote next star to be traded ever since Harden got moved. Um, and, and even with Harden, he was he was always part of that conversation, but in terms of being one of those young guards who just got better in the playoffs, like now everyone's talking about John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. I would put him right up there with any of those guys. I, I think he's a killer. He's, he's an absolute assassin of, of a player. And there's no question in my mind that I would make a big move to get him if I was the Knicks. Again, the whole thing is you're going to have to sell the farm. You're going to have to do the thing where you throw in like two or three first round picks, two or three pick swaps. And are the Knicks willing to mortgage their future and it's sort of the same conversation we we keep having over and over again it'll ultimately be contingent on all right do the knicks have their move for the third star essentially in place like do they have some kind of like under the table or, or another trade waiting to be fired the second they go get bradley beal because it's it's where, where does beal leave you he leaves you as, as a 51 team if you're able to keep most of your young guys if you lose quickly and rj in that trade i, I think you're sort of going you're, you're not really you're increasing your ceiling and your floor basically stays the same. I, I just don't see that being a team that gets anywhere close to the final. So that, that's kind of, I mean, I mean, that's, it's a bigger picture conversation, but it represents sort of the, the exciting and the precipitous situation the Knicks are in where it, it all looks good until you cash your cards in. And, and then once you are your chips in, I don't know, I don't gamble, uh, but <laughs> once you cash your chips in, but then once you do, then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of a concrete product and you're just like, Oh, this is, this isn't good enough to win a championship. So I'm, I'm with Alex in that there's some argument for patience, but I also see the argument like go get Beal, hope Randall keeps improving, um, hope that one of the guys you keep, whether it's, it's OB or IQ or RJ, really, really hits at a high level. And allegedly they're not going to trade RJ, so who knows? I mean, maybe Washington is going to say, like, with laughing your face and say, that's fine, we're not going to trade Bradley Beal. You're not going to trade RJ Barrett for him. Um, but I, I think there, there is a case for just betting on the idea. Once you have two stars and a couple of young up-and-comers and you're a fun team, that third guy, whoever it is, will inevitably find his way to New York. Uh, yeah, can't, uh, can't disagree. Um, I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, I guess, about Beal. I mean, I wouldn't give up the farm for him. I think that's my, my main thing with him. Like, Granted, it is a little while to wait for him in free agency. So you kind of would probably have to trade for him sooner or later. I still don't. I mean, I just don't get his mentality, to be completely honest. He seems 
perfectly cool with just putting down roots in in Washington come hell or high water at this point. Um, Cause everything that he's always said for the last few years, when everybody wants to create trade rumors about him and maybe it's just him being a professional, but I mean, he's speaking with his, with his wallet essentially by signing these extensions uh, by saying, you know, no, this is where I want to be. Like, I mean, you don't sign an extra two year extension if you're, if you're not committed to being there. Granted, I guess, I guess you could say that about like, Paul George too, who then turned around like the very next off season was like, ship me to LA or else. <laughs> um, which started the whole Oklahoma city, you know, exodus. So maybe that's on the way for him. I don't know. Uh, but by and large, I, I just think that he's not going to request a trade. And as long as he never requests one, they're just going to keep him. And that's basically what it's going to be. Um, it, it's, it is kind of weird. Like, the unfortunate thing is that Leon Rose had to manage so many goddamn successful clients that are on good teams now, like Devin Booker and Joel Embiid and all them, where it's like, man, these are the guys that, you know, would have been guys to keep an eye on with the Knicks. And now they're both like, I mean, Booker's tearing it up in the playoffs with the Suns. Chris Paul is on that same team. They're probably not going to break up because they realize that they have a really good thing going right there. And then, you know, you have, uh, and Bede, who's like an MVP candidate on the Sixers, uh, it's just like, you know, the the Leon Rose connection is is, I wouldn't say failing. You know, it's it's just it it's inopportune with some of these guys right now, where there's not those sort of guys that that we thought might be available, um, potentially available for the Knicks. But it is what it is as far as that goes, I guess. But yeah, David. Um, uh, Gavin, I don't know if we have any other speaker requests. Yeah, yeah, we, we we have uh, Jason. Jason wants to come up and talk. Okay, cool. So, David, if you want to promote any any socials or anything before we send you down, but thanks so much for the question, man. That was a really good discussion. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf, Gavin Shaw here, and we are of course joined by all of you on the locker room app. This is the second part of our Fan Friday episode. Gavin, I think there was a lot of great things to talk about. What did we get into in this second part? Yeah, we were joined by, by two of my all-time favorites. Uh, Jason Meredith came on, asked us some really like insightful draft questions and just like whether or not we, we have a feel for what the Knicks want to do, whether or not we can get excited with, with the Knicks picks in a specific range. And I, I thought it, it, it kind of led nicely into our, our final guest, uh, Nico Pinto, um, and he came on and uh, aspiring draft Nick himself and gave some of his favorite prospects. And, and we, we sort of talked through different like permutations and combinations of what the Knicks could do before he, he sort of motivated this, me, this in me because I, I was just kind of realizing just how deep this draft was. And I, I kind of go on an impassioned rant for the Knicks keeping their two picks um, and why, why it's um, emblematic of a bigger roster philosophy that I want the Knicks to have. Anyways, uh, I'll stop ranting. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. 